Hi, my name is Angela Wilson. My pronouns are she, her, and I beat the often path by envisioning a world where everybody is able to travel no matter what their disability. Welcome back to the Beat the Often Path podcast. I'm your host, Ross Palmer. This is the show where we celebrate people who deserve to be celebrated and where we try to give us all inspiration for better ways to live our lives and careers. Joining me today is Angela Wilson, the creator of Explorist, a startup that seeks to create a more accessible world. Their motto is explore everywhere, whatever your disability, and they seek to add valuable accessibility information to travel experiences and businesses in Colorado and around the world. Angela's son has intellectual and progressive physical disabilities, and this led her to understanding that many experiences simply aren't catered to or available for people like her son. Today we explore how she built a business around a problem that she uniquely understood, getting the attention of local news, Forbes 1000, and thousands of people in need of what she provides. I'm super excited to introduce you right now to Angela Wilson of Explorist. Well, welcome to the show, Angela. First of all, uh, I disagree with the premise because I've always believed that the world is perfect as it is. So what's the issue? <laughs> oh, I love sarcasm. Um, <laughs> uh, that's my second language. Okay, good. Uh, English and sarcasm. That's, uh, I love that's it. <laughs> bilingual. Uh, my husband's not a, but much of a fan of it, but um, well... A little bit of background, I'm the parent of a child with multiple disabilities who recognized that the, to go about, well, actually just, just to go somewhere that you've never been, whether it be local, national, international, there are details that families like mine require that are not easily found. They are, the business themselves may not even know what questions to ask themselves to provide these type of details, whether it be physical, regarding mobility, auditory, visual, uh, sensory, and just to go through life, it's like, okay, to navigate in my, uh, in my situation, my son is, uses a wheelchair and he has intellectual disability. So it's like, okay, where are we gonna need to park? How far away is it? Which wheelchair makes the most sense? What kind of offering are we going to? Is it based on his age versus his intellectual ability? Something he's 13, but he's emotionally and uh, maturity-wise and intellectually, thir uh, something that's set up for a teenager may not be to the level he requires. Uh, a lot of other people, audio, visual, heck, if you're going to a museum, are the videos captioned? Um, does the dentist down the street know how to work with someone that has, or uh, not work with, um, <laughs> service, a client, a, um, a uh, just an individual or a, and or family member of that individual with a sensory issue or visual disabilities where this is a uh, as we get older the uh, population ages unfortunately here's another hard truth our bodies our senses are going to deteriorate I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news oh, right but that's what's going to happen that's plus happen. this is a this is a community that you can join at any time without an RSVP 
uh, step off the curb a wrong way, even short-term disabilities, breaking a leg, twisting your ankle. There's, and that's just mobility. There's a lot of other, a lot of other nuanced concerns that people require that the standard population really just doesn't think of unless they are, uh, they're confronted by it. Right. Which is kind of interesting because everybody, or more or less everybody, will be a part of that group at some point in their life. It's just a question of when. Like you said, we're all right. going to age, and the world is not set not up. Not Yeah, yeah, it, right. It, there are a few uh, who who die suddenly and now without turning too dark. But were, were these issues that you were aware of or interested in before your son was born and you realized this? Is this something that you've always been passionate about, or was it something that you just learned about relatively recently? Well, uh, my son, as I mentioned, he is a teenager. Uh, he, upon birth and everything, he was a typical, typical uh, child. No issue with that. But as his, uh, as his um, mobility started, I mean, you, cr- you roll over, you crawl, you walk. But then we noticed that there may be just a, just a little hitching his giddy up kind of thing. It's a just a little, we assumed it was just a temporary type of, um, not necessarily an anomaly, but hey, maybe with PT, physical therapy or something, we could get him back to standard um, mobility. But yeah, unless you're confronted with it, which is kind of how I came to it, that you just... That's where my advocacy and uh, the business that I'm building sprung from. I do not want to limit or have the world be limited by just information, which wouldn't let us participate fully. And heck, you learn so much about yourself through going places and learning things. But if there are barriers, whether it be physical, attitudinal or otherwise... Uh, I'm not going to let that. I'm that kind of mom. And I'm like, uh, you're saying my kid can't do this? <laughs> you're funny. You don't know me. Mm-hmm. We're going we're gonna to find a way to get him. And heck, as you mentioned, more or less all of us will be going through that type of adjustment, uh, limiting in some way. But that's that's really where it all started. I'm, I was a pissed off mom that said, <laughs> right. hey, the equity is not is not there. And that is spread beyond just disability equity. That is uh, grown into equity of all kinds and a lot of deconstructing. And maybe that's a whole different show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can imagine that your journey was built on a series of small frustrations that probably built up and compounded over time. At what point did it become enough to where you said, okay, this is something that I'm going to do something about, or I'm going to build a business around some of these ideas? Well, um, I was in my last semester in grad school uh, with my MBA, and we had our group, our cohort had to come up with a product. So to determine, okay, let's 
to build a business plan around. So it's like, okay, how am I going to come up with a couple ideas so that I can pool it and we can vote on what we're going to do for our final project? So you really think about, okay, what are the, what are problems that are going in, that are happening with you and or your family or that you see? So I really looked at, yeah, it takes two to three times as long to find the information that families like mine need as opposed to standard travelers that can just use uh, some of the TripAdvisor, Expedia, those sort of uh, platforms. And then after, unfortunately, it wasn't the project that was voted upon uh, successfully. So we had to build a business plan around something else. Um, but it, it just really kept coming up in the back of my mind. I, I knew I didn't want to go back into corporate America, but I didn't want to, I never wanted to own a business, start a business mm. or do anything like that. So it was just, it was frustrating enough that overcoming that, um, well, that ad attitudinal barrier for myself about, hey, can I do this um, to a, hey, if I don't do it, is it ever going to be done? And my answer to that just come, keep, kept coming back as no. Interesting. I, I really don't see it flourishing around me. There are pockets, yes. But uh, those are very siloed and it is not, uh, it wasn't comprehensive to my standards. Right. Um, so that's, that's how that happened. So it seems like there were two things happening at the same time. You were considering leaving corporate America, as you said, mm -hmm. studying, considering how you might build a business. And also there's this mounting problem in your personal life. And then those two paths yeah. merged at some point. Correct. Okay. Correct. So what made you decide, let's start with the business part. What made you decide to leave corporate America, as it were, and to start exploring the idea of building a business not thinking that you might do that in your life previously. Actually, what actually I had uh, my previous position prior to entering grad school um, had ended. I was laid off just like, I mean, there's another thing that'll probably happen in everybody's life. Oh, for sure. In an yeah. employment fashion. Yep. Um, and I'm like, okay, either I can, Oh, and then at that time, my uh, son was having some educational and um, educational concerns and really needed more support. My husband's position was was steadier. Uh, again, it, well, there's another um, issue with it's usually the female or female presenting. Uh, person in a relationship that step, steps away because our, oh, that's a whole nother. A whole nother. <laughs> that's like, <laughs> but I know what you're getting at. So, yes. Yes. I understand um, the point you're trying to make. So I took, it was about five years. I took off to be able to be that emotional and uh, that steady support for him. I decided, okay, Sam's doing great. I'm going to go back into corporate America with a five-year gap in my resume. I was, I was not getting the positions that my background and education and um, experience led me to. And I, 
decided, okay, well, with the privilege I had, I was able to say, okay, forget going back to corporate. I'm going to go in, go expand my education and go to grad school. Unfortunately, not everybody is able to do that. So I, I'm very, I was really happy I was able to do that. And then that really just started it all off. What, what can I do? Well, and America is obviously notoriously bad at dealing with uh, child birth and raising a child from the infant stages compared to a lot of other developed countries in terms of giving mm-hmm. uh, care, time off, resources. So it's incredibly hard for a mother just period under the best of circumstances. Now well, imagine. I wouldn't, I wouldn't discount uh, the uh Fathers, the males in this situation sure. as well. Oh my goodness! Imagine right. trying ten years ago to try and get parental leave. Right, even a week. It's, a oh, well, that's too much. But of course, you know. Whereas right. in Europe, Europe they have you know four weeks. Mm-hmm. Sweden has eight week months. Maybe the father even has six months in Sweden. I'm not quite sure, oh, but it's a lot. Great. Yeah, they have tons male a paternity and maternity leave. So the point I'm trying to make is it's incredibly tough, and I have a child myself. It's very hard in the best of cases. It's hard when everything works out. Now you throw in special needs on top of that, and suddenly this thing compounds. And I think that issue also speaks to our just general inability to deal with things that are outside the norm. And having a child is by no means outside the norm, but (laughs) dealing with people with special needs. And it's been a very long road from what I understand. And there hasn't been much progress on this front until, what would you say, 50, 60, 50 years ago, there wasn't any regard for people with disabilities whatsoever in terms of mass transit, in terms of our society at large. So do do you feel, I guess, that we're making making any kind of progress? Um, Are we getting better at this? Or are we still just in the dark ages when it comes to these types of issues? Well, obviously, this is my perspective. Um, I'm not here to speak about the entire disability community. Mm -hmm. Building what I'm doing, what I'm doing, I always preface that. There are always, if you know one person with a disability or has a relationship with one person with a disability, you know one person with a disability. There's no way to um, put put one person's opinion as the be-all, end-all. But... um, course now that i say that i forgot the question um i always want to preface certain things Um, that's okay are we making progress or are we woefully behind yes where we should legal legal progress um well and in my experience it is out of sight out of mind a lot of times it's not that people are trying to be callous or um willfully saying, okay, let's not, let's add this barrier. A lot of times it's unconscious as well. Um, But with the, there have been, at least in the last few years, definitely more um, light shown on individuals from marginalized communities whether it be LGBTQIA+, gender, uh, identity, race, um, let's see, right, all the others, every, anything that's non-typical, uh, I guess. Hey, yeah. you, there's assumptions everybody makes. 
whether it be correct or incorrect. Um, and we have been, hopefully you're pushing against what your preconceived notions are of all different individuals. Legally, the ADA was definitely a good first step. Um, the work that, um, that, shoot, um, Judy Human has done for the disability community starting back to when I believe it was Nixon in office were about uh, Title 501, 503. I, I'm not an attorney. Again, another, uh, but uh, okay, yeah. she worked very hard to start to pretty much say, hey, we shouldn't be... Fam individuals with disabilities should not have to be institutionalized. We can be valuable members. We have brains. We have, we obviously meaning other people in all of us in the disability community advocacy and everything. Um, the, again, the ADA, yes, it did um, for the U.S. Right. Um, there are a lot of... Um, monetary loopholes that the ADA has that say if shoot again not a not an attorney but uh if it's uh financially feasible and that is a subjective definition right. what is feasible yeah so with the ADA for public buildings that is definitely because it's government regulation and it's a government building, government facility. Yes, that has a higher, um, higher percentage of being completed. Uh, a lot of people think the ADA is ramps and people in wheelchairs full time with no lower limb mobility. That, heck. Yeah, every disability is nuanced as well. Even people with the same diagnoses ha can have amazingly different presentations of their disability. So being aware about not just physical, but there's also um, the audiovisual sensory. An interesting example of that, uh, my I was really interested recently. I live in Colorado. There is a town called Canyon City that has rafting. I mean, not white. They do have whitewater rafting, but yeah, I don't. <laughs> my 13-year-old in a wheelchair, yeah, probably not going to be in a uh, in a class five rapids. But sure. by contacting this business and saying, hey, here are what, here's the things that we can do as a family to assist being able to get him into a into a raft. I mean, if you call a rafting company, hey, are you wheelchair accessible? I'm I'd say a hundred out of a hundred would say absolutely not. But if there are ways that get, having enough information to say, okay, if we can get close enough to the raft that we can ambulate him over there or pick him up and put him in and be able to support him in a way that he doesn't fall over, is that accessible enough? Mm. So it's it, the law part, a lot of people see as all or nothing. And th that part is a gray area as well on the business side. Hey, how can 
when somebody presents to me at my business with this type of disability, how can they or the business or in combination be able to make the experience uh, more enjoyable? Heck, you'd get more customers and clients by offering those types and even just having those conversations, being open to, hey, not just putting the hammer down saying, no, not accessible, absolutely not. Well, hey, here are some things we can do. Here are some things you can do and we can make it make it accessible enough. Yeah. That's a lot of the concern that, at least on business and in the U.S., obviously countries that are older, we took our son to Europe and on cobblestones, yeah, his wheelchair does not work very well, but cobblestones, yeah. there are um, like a Bob stroller, one of those three real strollers, but there are larger sizes for adults that made it accessible enough. Okay. So we were able to take with that um, piece of equipment, we were able to take him to places where it wouldn't be quote unquote wheelchair accessible. So it's just pushing your own thinking, the business pushing their own thinking, and then that communication that, Hey, just because there are these assumptions, uh, let's see what we can do to break them or chat, not well challenge them, but some way to get around it so that people can have, have the adventures they want to have. Yeah. Have you seen the movie Crip Camp, by the way? It came out a few years ago. I have. That's Judy Hume. Yeah, that's what I was going to say when you brought a brilliant film uh, illustrating both the movement and also the lack of progress up until that. Just an excellently done documentary, in my opinion. I very, very much enjoyed that. But I think Mm -hmm. what I'd like to believe and what I do believe is that for most people, it is, as you said, an unconscious Thing. It's not a conscious thing. It's just a lack of awareness. And there are so many things that able-bodied people do every day that they're just not aware of the fact that they're doing. I'm late for a subway. I run down a set of stairs. I jump a turnstile. I hop on a train. There's just so many elements of daily life that you don't think about until or unless Correct. you suddenly have to deal with it yourself. And that could be a tragic accident. I've had a guest on the show who had a spinal cord injury, a avid mm-hmm a motocross racer, great guy, a good friend of mine out here, and he got paralyzed from the neck down and suddenly woke up from being a a superstar athlete to not being able to do anything overnight. And then that began a a very long process towards him being an incredible activist now and doing amazing things. But unless or until people find themselves in that type of situation, they're just generally not aware of the types of hardships And we know that life is hard enough, as I've said before, hard enough for anybody in the best of circumstances, hard enough for you, hard enough for me. It's hard for everybody to live, to make a living, to survive, to thrive. Now throw on just a mountain of other challenges on top of that. And it's easy to see how how tough things can get. So what might be some of the things that able-bodied people might not be aware of when planning a trip or things that they might not think about that are big, big, big deals for some of the people that you help? Uh, Well, language is a big um, component. Being educated on saying somebody has a disability versus, for example, able-bodied. That can be, and uh, 
If I've made a mistake, yes, please correct me. I'm here to not learn. Necessarily, I wouldn't say I'm, a mistake. There's, I'm a deeply I mean, ignorant there person. There are certain words that you you really want to mirror what how somebody identifies. Sure. Some people like the word special needs. Others like disability because mm -hmm. we're all special. And it just, it, some people can see it as uh, infant, what, in, uh, not infanticide, just like treating someone like a child oh, I see just because saying. they have a disability. Yeah. I right. can't think of the, it's not infant side because that's killing a that's kid. Killing and a that's kid. definitely <laughs> not what I'm talking right. about. But um, being aware of language, um, yeah, I see, even on signs, I still see handicapped parking. Right. And that is language that's out of favor right now. It, it pretty much says lesser mm -hmm. handicapped versus just disability or accessible. Mm -hmm. um, that would be a, a, just an educational piece. Um, Alexa, stop. <laughs> She's always talking to me, <laughs> reminding me. Always. Um, we can't escape. Yes, yes. Uh, let's see. Hmm. What other things? Um, at, well, there's also short-term disabilities and, um, heck, even having a stroller with a baby. Sure. There are mobility issues with that. The, maybe the night before you went to a loud concert and now all you hear is the blood pumping in your head. Right. And if you go to a museum and they have a video, you can't quite hear it because all you're hearing is your blood having captions. Just being able to think as a, as a person moving around the community as a business owner, hey, not everybody is like me. It's really just thinking of, hey, what are just being aware Um Talking to people with disabilities, um, obviously in a respectful way, uh, but not looking away. I mean, that's it's like, okay, what what does that mean? No matter what the intent is of somebody's language or actions, it, a lot of times that doesn't matter. It's how the person that is receiving it is feeling about it. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, somebody may not intend to run over my foot with their car, but, but they if they it. do... It hurts. Yeah, exactly. And they need to either apologize or, or find a way to reach some sort of consensus. I mean, <laughs> yeah, hopefully not going to court in that respect, but being able to say, and even not something that extreme... It's, hey, I'd love to learn more about you and not just treat you as your disability as well. Mm -hmm. Like I mentioned, if you know someone with a, a certain disability, you only know one person with a disability. Right. You cannot um, just assume that the entire community is the same as one or two people that you know. Sure. We're all individuals. We want to be, we want to be treated as such. I do not want my son... Samuel to be treated any differently. I mean, there are adjustments that need to be made, not saying that there's not, but still, hey, he's a person, he has a brain, he has feelings and thoughts and, um, but asking those questions and saying, oh yeah, hi, how are you? And talking to the person. Oh, I couldn't tell you how many times we go to a restaurant and my husband and I and our son are going, we received two menus, 
And the server asked me or my husband what our son wants. I could see if he was two years old or under, but the boy is 13. (laughs) He has his own brain. I'm like, in that that, um, circumstance, I'm usually just like, Sam, hey, what do you want? So that he, and it, it's not necessarily calling the server out that, hey, you're disrespecting my son, but you can ask him. Right. And so it's, it's about humanizing and just not being absolutely. invisible, not feeling like you don't matter or that both on an individual level and on a societal level, feeling that. There could be some fear as well. It's like, oh, you think about disability, it may trigger in you, like, mortality. But somebody that has a disability doesn't necessarily mean they're sick. It doesn't mean they're dying. It doesn't mean that their life is horrible and they're just um, doing nothing and wasting away. Um, So it's that as well. Mm. Well, you've done a lot of work, as I've seen from your website, in various parts of Colorado. I'm also a Colorado native myself. I don't live there anymore, nice. but I was born and raised in Aurora. Uh, okay. So I'm in Thornton. I love yeah. I love Colorado. I go back all the time. My parents are still out there. A beautiful, beautiful place. You've done oh. work, and I saw Aspen, Boulder, the Denver metro area. <laughs> so what types of trips or things have you been able to create or experiences, and how have your clients or customers reacted to the stuff that you've put together? Well, that's a great question. Explores.com right now is a prototype. I was using it to prove um, that there were enough people with disabilities that needed information that was not standardly available on other websites, on, on TripAdvisor, Expedia, those sort of platforms. So using, this is, so it's a DIY, just like those, competitor of, it's just servicing a different market. Actually, not just them. It, it services a larger market, considering individuals are just... Use what information you need. If you don't need to search using disability information, great. It's more inclusive uh, regarding all uh, individuals. Um, but using this as a prototype to be able to say, okay... We've proven that there's enough people in Colorado or actually wanting to come to Colorado uh, that need this type of information. Now let's go to other metropolitan areas around the country and around the world. So um, through August, summer, yeah, always a bit in Colorado. That's when people... You want to be outside more than when it's snowing and 25 minus degrees 20, here. <laughs> as it has not, been. That was a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I saw not, that. it's it's above it's not quite above freezing, but yes, it's above zero at least here. But um, in the since I started this, there have always been just more and more people finding this information, me sharing with different disability groups and just uh, seniors, senior groups, and just the population as a whole, um, more and more uh, website visitors. In August, we had over 
81,000 website visitors in just that one single Incredible. month. Incredible. Of course, wow. when school starts and it starts cooling down, we're hitting uh, anywhere between eight and 12,000 website visitors a month just for Metro Denver details. That's great. Um, so that is, thank you. Um, so that proves, in effect, because of search engine optimization and most of it being organic, hopefully <laughs> some of your audience knows organic reach. Yeah. You, you search it on Google and the website results come up and that's an organic. Somebody's actually looking for it. You're not right. paying people to find you. You're not, oh, I'm putting an ad on TripAdvisor to pull people away. Um, but having this large, it is incoming traffic to prove, okay, in Colorado, yeah, this is, this is something that can be self-sustainable. And now we're moving in towards um, validating that in other ways and then going into a fundraising event so that we can use this model across the country and then eventually worldwide. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So what kinds of uh, trips then are you envisioning? What would an ideal situation look like? If I'm looking to book a trip, what could you provide? Well, as, as I mentioned, this is DIY, just like TripAdvisor. Yeah. So it uses the so you, it, you connect the people details. with other people who are you find people who have accessible uh, uh, adventures, I guess, for lack of a better term, and you pair uh, them together. Actually, or, well, um, no, it's say every place should be mapped. Every okay. place, no matter if it's uh, dining, um, agom oh, accommodations, activities, transportation, and certain questions there there's a form that says hey are what are what's the mobility do you have how many stairs how many how high is the bed um do you have um braille menus and going through this form it standardizes these disability details so that when people come on explorers they can say hey i'm I need to go, be able to go to a place that has less than a flight of stairs because just because you have a mobility concern does not mean you are in a wheelchair full-time without lower limb mobility. Um, that there is a on-site restroom and that, that can accommodate my mobility device depending on size, for example. And there's parking either on street in a designated spot kind of thing. And you can narrow down the pretty much all possibilities based on those granular filters. That makes sense. So at the end, and then, and then you book yourself, you don't have I to, see. Oh, now I know some information like for example, going on TripAdvisor. Okay. I can, I know the times, the dates. Okay. Now I have to call them or email them to find these details. These are already standardized and filterable that it can narrow it down for you as much as, I mean, not super duper granular, but some of the, many of the large disability category questions that people have 
from my communication and relationships with different disability groups that, hey, what are the barriers that you are facing? Whether it be, again, is it physical? Is it um, visual, attitudinal, those sort of things. So that's so where it's different than some of the disability organization, disability travel organizations that are out there. Tra uh, a lot of those are, hey, we're putting together this trip with this itinerary right. and you're either all in or find a different trip. Maybe if I don't want to do those specific things, let me look at, hey, I want to go to a baseball game, a uh, this certain restaurant, and can we do it all on the subway or train or bus system or whatever? in that specific locale without having to uh, do your own research. So would the idea then be that everything is completely mapped, all of the places are mapped, and then there's a data set that could, for example, be provided or uh, to a trip advisor so that all places would have a, a score, for example, in different categories, uh, you know, how five, zero to five stars, let's say, in different categories of accessibility, so that it'd be very easy to look up any given place and see what I might expect. We are looking to not just do that marketplace um, product that would be a competitor of, say, TripAdvisor, but also be the single source of truth for mm. aggregated standardized disability data for those places and then license those that data to some of those other organizations where they can add their own they can add the filters so people don't have to leave their have to leave TripAdvisor because they're pulling that the data that certain people need so that they can stay on their platform and complete the transaction. Mm. But Explorist at this time is not looking to be a travel agent. Right. I don't want to, personally, I don't want to design people's trips. I want to be able to give them the information so they can do it themselves. That's yeah. some of the concern as well. It's the, hey, is there, am I empowered enough to be able to do this on my own. A lot of times families like mine are beholden to other people, other organizations to be able to complete things for us. And a lot of times like, damn, I just have, <laughs> well, for me, half the fun of planning a trip is, oh, let's look at A, B, C, D and see how we can map it all together. But then having to make those extra research calls or emails kind of deflates the fun and just because you have a disability doesn't mean you can't put together the, uh, your trip. It's just the information is lacking. So, yeah. Um, yeah, just being able to be empowered to do that yourself. That's really what the offering is. It's like with enough information, go for it. Right. Go, go and travel the world. See what's accessible enough for you. So in the short term, I think providing that information has tremendous value to anybody who wants to book a trip or wants to plan some activity. In the longer term, though, I think that there must be the idea in the back of your head or maybe actively of how can we turn some of those zero star places into five star places? What do you think would motivate? Let's say I'm a business owner and I'm just zero across the board, completely inaccessible in every major category. 
What do you think would motivate a business like that to reevaluate that and to update their business practices to be more inclusive? Um. There's a lot of uh, the CDC, at least in the U.S., there are global um, non-profit, not-for-profits as well that compile information regarding the breadth and depth of the disability community. In the U.S., about 15 to 25 percent of people have a disability that affects everyday life. That does not include short-term disabilities, late-term pregnancy, if you're on crutches because you twisted your ankle, or heck, as I mentioned earlier, with little kids and or a stroller, there's mobility concerns in effect. And little kids have little legs and you can't go on a five mile uh, hike over huge boulders. That's some of the information that you would need for a mobility. But being able to say, hey, the disability population around the world short-term and long-term for those that have moderate to high incomes, meaning they're able to travel, not just every person, is about 1.9 billion people. That's short-term and long-term disabilities. Incredible. Uh, If you want to go, if people with disabilities go somewhere, they usually don't go alone. So multiply that by two to three people Mm -hmm. and then look at the, the amount of, not capital, the our uh, spending power. Uh, around the world, it's about $13 trillion of disposable income per year. Whoa. If you look at... That's huge. Not just the individuals, because there's adults with disabilities, seniors who, are, who have finished their, I don't want to say productive, but their working lives, and they're disabilities or mobility, audiovisual are deteriorating, they still have the means and don't travel alone. And then, um, so it's not just, and the, the thought of, hey, if you have a disability, you are, you don't have any money, you don't have this. It's all these assumptions that, um, that need to be broken. Yes, my son, he's 13. He's the one that has Uh, long-term intellectual and physical disabilities, but I'm the one and my husband, we're the ones that That are paying for it. It, You're, you're not talking to him. You're talking to me. Right. And it's not, and this is a huge untapped market, especially where's, where's most of the money in the U S seniors. They have the time, the means they have, and I'm 50 years old, so I'm getting, I'm getting there. Um, but yeah, it's not just this, oh, it's people in, that are in poverty or, oh, you have a disability, so you can't work, you can't do this. There's it's a lot of misconceptions and group. a lot of... Of the entire enormous. population. So then the, the motivation enormous. would be, hey, you're shutting yourself off yep. to a lot of potential income. Needlessly, when Correct. with a little consideration, You're money on the table, yeah, right. With a little consideration, a little thought, and a little help from the communities themselves, you could dramatically improve your business and the perception of your business, which is important. Um, Absolutely, that's Absolutely. fabulous. Well, at this and point, the, and legislation sure. is only moving towards more inclusion, sure. at least disability inclusion. I mean, there's laws about other inclusion as well, but. 
do you want to be, and there's the PR of it as well. Yeah. Uh, that's maybe self <laughs> just doing it to get that PR, but Hey, there's also, you can learn more. We should all be learning no matter what it is. Just what's the point of living if you're not learning and bettering yourself and seeing what else is out there and having new experiences. And maybe that is just talking to a neighbor who you've noticed has a disability and just that empathy and hey, that could be me sometime as well. It's also putting that reflection and saying, okay, how would I want to be treated in that same situation? That's all it is. I love that. What you just said, we're going to chop that out. That's going in the clip for sure. <laughs> that bit is perfection. That's exactly it. Because there's this belief that it's separate. Chop but of the course, rest out. Yeah, we'll That's cut the rest out. We'll just keep one minute. It'll be a one minute interview in the end. Um, there you go. We're done. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Mic. Boom. <laughs> Bike drop. I mean, that is it. That is it in a nutshell, of course. That's the idea. Because again, we just believe that that these states are permanent and that is just simply not the case whatever my fortune may be or circumstances may be today there's no guarantee that any of that will be the same tomorrow or next week or next month so the idea that we are somehow separate groups or that we're not the same and that's a very bizarre and short-sighted notion i think and that's why i like your story so much because i just love i love the idea of can we combine business with making the world a better place with personal Maybe. fulfillment? <laughs> right. Can we do Human. that? That's my question. That's the whole point of the show is, is just asking that question yeah. over and over again is, is there a world where we make money doing the right thing, where we do right by people, by our environment? Is there a world where, you know, call it conscious capitalism or whatever you want to call it. I don't know. It's the framework we have. Is there a way to build a life for ourselves and make the world better at the same time? Perhaps the answer is no, but I've talked to a lot of great people such as yourself who give me a lot more hope than I had before I started this mission. That's all I know. Um, the younger pop, the younger generations are going to continue to push this. I've noticed that there are at least on Explorist and people I've talked to, the younger you are, Gen Z, Gen Alpha, all that, that, hey, they are, if they're putting their wallets where their values are. Yeah. And that every subsequent generation is more progressive than the previous. And that's where we're going. If you stay back, you're going to be left behind. And if you want to call it cancel culture, I don't think it is. I think it's good business practice. But if you are not speaking to your consumers and the values that, well, you don't want to dictate values, obviously, but being aware that people with other values exist and other, right. um, just other circumstances and hey, they're actually human. Can you believe right. that? Can you imagine that? Um, what a shock. And they deserve respect. What? Right. That's crazy. No, it's not crazy. Right. Um, yeah, because a split second could put you in a completely, not that that's a bad thing. Oh, my goodness. I know so many people that didn't really start living until they were faced with, with a short-term or long-term disability. Heck, even cancer is... Uh, listed as a disability and 
recovering from surgery. That's a disability. I mean, you're not just, oh, it's old people, it's this. This is the mold that you have to be to be disabled. No, not in the least. Yeah. And I think there are two parts of that coin. One is putting your money where your values are as a consumer, which is buying products and supporting businesses that are more in alignment with what you personally believe. But the other as our working life is where you choose to dedicate your time and energy in that span of years that you may have to actually work. Do you want to work for corporate America doing whatever that company's mission or value is, or do you want to dedicate your time and resources and energy to something else that you completely believe in? And that's kind of the the focus of, of what we're doing here is just to suggest that this path is also possible. Here are a bunch of people like you who have chosen to beat the often path, to quote my own show title. And this is what they found on the other side of taking that leap. So we're basically at the end of this hour. So I do want to ask, now that you have done this or that you're deep enough, you've gotten accolades from Channel 7, which is well known to anybody from Denver, but probably nobody outside. You have Forbes Next 1000. So there have been some things coming up. It's an ABC <laughs> That's right. It's not so, a st- one of those weird cable no, it's, shows. No, it's it's, it's a ABC. it's a, a major, uh, a very well known uh, n- network. Um, so mm-hmm. now that you've gotten a bit of let's say proof of concept, accolades, mm-hmm. you're on the other side of a major life decision. How do you feel at this point after the five year gap? All of that after going back to your study, do you feel that the decision to do this was worth it? I have never worked harder. I have never put more of myself in something. I have never had as many ups and downs with this, but I would never do it differently. Oh my God, I I should have done this uh, five years earlier than that. But this is this is something that fulfills me. And it's not just because, hey, I'm helping people in the same situation as myself. Explorist is a business. It is a C-Corp. You can be a mission-driven business, a, an actual for-profit business, which has, um, which wants to not just uh, service the profit, which is a, obviously a good thing if you want to continue to stay in business. Right. Profit is revenue, profit, very important, but there are also, you can also support other stakeholders and be able to have a successful model. Um, yeah, I'm not giving anything away. Uh, in effect, it's it's a viable business model. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, even if for some reason that it never it's never funded or whatever. Don't I know? Don't knock on wood, but. I would still continue to do this as a side business that even if it doesn't go international, which it will, um, (laughs) it's, uh, it's something that is, there is a problem that hasn't been solved just because I may not end up being the one doing it. It is still a problem. It's not going to miraculously go away. So yeah, it's not just, darn, I didn't build a better widget, and now I can start right. this other thing. This is something that's that's going to be confronted. And 
50 years old and who knows, as we all said, another a split second, I could be rolling next to my son in a wheelchair or yep. something with my hearing or these sure glasses get thicker. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I'm going to need some of those granny glasses with those magnifiers, but right. Yeah, this is this is something that will always be part of it because it's also a family. I have a direct connection with this problem. Yeah. And that is the exact opposite of what I'm sure you experienced in the corporate grind, where you have so many layers of abstraction between you and whatever problem you may be solving. But this is you're making a direct impact in the community and even at this relatively early stage, I hope that the feedback and the positivity that you've been able to generate from this movement uh, will continue to be fuel and recognition. And and that's basically what I'm here to provide as well, is just one other voice saying, good job, <laughs> keep going. I'm glad that you're out there fighting the good fight. I'm glad that you've chosen this as your mission. And I wanted to you know, take some time to celebrate you and your efforts and uh, to make sure that, you know, we encourage people out there doing good things instead of spending all of our time criticizing the people out there that aren't doing good things, which there are many and they're well documented and that's everywhere. So I like to seek out people who are doing cool stuff and who have their hearts and minds in the right place. And again, what you said is perfect. We are exploring the idea of whether or not you can build a business, whether you can make money in doing good, because... Yeah. That's the system that we're in and we can't change. We're, we're in a capitalist society. We're in this country. That is just the reality that we're in. So working within the confines of the system, how can we make it better? That's the question. And I think you have a brilliant solution and I wish you continued success. Uh, it's been a pleasure getting to know you and I look forward um, to hearing updates about your project. Thank you, Ross. And thank you, Beat the Often Path. It's, it was a pleasure. I had a great time. Excellent. Thank you so much. And thank you for making me, or hopefully trying to make me just a little bit less ignorant. I'm working on it. No. I'm trying to learn. <laughs> no, it's, if you're not, if you don't know, you don't know. It's not, it's not a willful ignorance. It's just being exposed. It's just an learning. added exposure. And just that, keep learning. You don't need to stay in your lane. There's other lanes to learn about. And there's so much beauty in just connecting with human beings. That's my favorite thing in the world. Great. Just connecting with Absolutely. people. That's the Absolutely. greatest joy for me. That's what keeps me going. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, we, we have to seek out these experiences. As you said, we have to consciously choose to do that because oftentimes they don't come our way unless we seek them out. And that's the realization that brought me to you is just, okay, I need to do this actively, not passively, so that we can all hopefully grow and, and learn. But again, thank you for your time. Very much appreciated. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Oh, and one quick thing. Uh, let's say the website one last time. And could you spell it for us just so that we can absolutely get that plug in there? Okay. Uh, explorist, E-X-P-L-O-R-Y-S-T dot com. Do not put www. It's just explorist.com. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Angela. And with that, the official podcast is over. over. over.